I guess let's just jump. Let's just yeah, let's jump. jump into it. Cause let's my, do it. Yeah. My my battery is gone from twenty to sixteen percent. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So I think great, that means great. it's time to let's let's do a qualifying lap through yes. uh, through this bad boy. Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. This is our Formula One podcast. Uh, immediately jump into podcast radio voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We're just a couple of best friends who love this sport so much, uh, even when it's not currently loving us. Uh, but yep, 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 yep. I'm one of those hosts. My name is Corey Willis. I'm a writer, actor, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. And I'm John Lapore, creative consultant, designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. Uh, all right, so Corey, uh, let's just start here. We're going. We've mm-hmm. got a few things that we'll touch on. Yeah, we've got some. I, I'm going to call it some Johnny's trash corner action mm-hmm. around Checo. Yeah, we've yep, got for sure. some uh, American Andretti shenanigans. Mm-hmm. We've got. Uh, some things around adaptations to the formula coming mm-hmm. coming our way, um, but I'm going to just say let's start because I am uh, I am right now in the heartland of yeah. Texas. <laughs> yes, it's true. Very unfortunately, as usual, this is me making my usual close call in like proximity and timing to a Formula One race. I am like within yeah. a short drive. Of Circuit of the Americas, I have yeah. a I have a rental Toyota Supra that would take me there beautifully, even quicker in the best than normal possible way. Yeah, yeah. And the the race weekend is going to begin in like seventy two hours. Yeah, yeah. But instead of me getting closer to it, I'm going to be getting on a plane tomorrow morning, and I'll be getting much farther. Away yeah. from uh, from beautiful Circuit of the Americas, even though I literally had someone today tell me that they had a process yeah. in order to you know smuggle me in there, and not even yeah, like in a shady way. Like actually, they they were like, "Oh, hey, we've got hospitality," but it's not it's not meant to be for for your old podcast co-host. Yeah, well. That's all. The closer okay. I get, the farther away I am. Yeah. Well, also, you have done the Circuit of the Americas race. You've you've seen it. You've had quite the experience. If you if I maxed it out completely, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It will you, take a lot to satisfy me moving forward from Circuit of the Americas. Yeah, for the folks who haven't heard that episode, John got to walk through the Mercedes garage and also shake hands with uh, Lewis Hamilton, the, the at the time the reigning world champion. Uh, so yeah, you had a you had a pretty good time there. Um, not to say that you don't deserve to go back, John. You do deserve to go back, and you deserve to go back and have an even better time. But just I've already there. gotten more than anyone deserves in their in their <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's, uh, so, let, yeah, let's look, talk look about Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a sprint weekend coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another packed uh, weekend. Packed weekend. The weather's actually lovely here. So I'm in Dallas right now 
And yeah. it's, you know, I would assume it's a, a smidge cooler than it is in Austin, but it's still actually quite lovely here. It's pretty, yeah. it's like mild fall weather mm. out here. So I'm hoping it's, uh, it's not the horrendous hellfire of Fernando Alonso's seat turning into a skillet, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, while they're, while they're out there. Um, uh, always excited to see everybody back at Coda. I think the mm-hmm. the track is becoming quite prominent on the calendar, despite the fact that it has other American Grand Prix sort of eating into it. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see if there is, you know, I, I think Austin will almost definitely be a sort of like uh, an amuse-bouche, if you will, for the Las Vegas Grand Prix. We'll probably see just a little extra bit of shenaniganry and i think we've even already seen with like you know uh danny rick doing like what was it like you know rodeo karaoke or something in like nashville Mm -hmm. like i don't i don't even doing doing it it looks like it it looks like uh, well like so they did a they did a exhibition with the car but i also saw this whole thing where like there was like danny rick like doing a concert or something like a honky tonk like i don't know it looked like something that made for a cute photograph and probably was the cringiest thing in earth to like actually yeah. be there and present for. Yeah. Cause as charismatic as Danny Rick is, he's not so charismatic that he could like hold court as a rock star or as a country music legend. Like that's not a, that sounds ridiculous. I mean, is is the Red Bull publicity machine going to make people like numb to Daniel Ricardo? Is it gonna like ruin Danny Danny Rick? Uh you asking if Danny Rick is being road hard and put away wet? Is that what uh is that <laughs> that's <what> exactly <laughs> that is exactly uh, perfect, absolutely yeah. perfect analogy. For yeah, the circumstances. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, well, he's, I mean, he will be back this, this weekend for the sprint race. So we will lose one Liam Lawson uh, from the grid. He will go back to being the reserve driver for Alpha Tauri. So he may still be there this weekend. I'm guessing he still will be because he can give Danny Rick so much feedback now with like all the upgrades. So I'm sure it'll be like a nice two-way street there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But that does kind of bring us into the territory of talking about the Red Bull camp, which I don't want to get too deep into it, but we got a lot going on with Sergio Perez. And I mean, let's just go straight. Let's go straight into the, is this even technically trash corner? How I, I heard lots of murmurs, lots of talk, which is why I'm classifying it as, as trash corner. Has there been anything that you've seen around this? We haven't even said what it is yet, but has there been anything that seemed to make any of these claims sound remotely valid? I think so. We, uh, you said we're going into trash corner, but I think that what happened was is there was a uh, like uh, we were having company over, uh, and it was like, oh, we got to clean up Johnny's trash corner. Um, <laughs> where are we going to put it? And then we just like push broomed it all into my conspiracy closet. Uh, so mm-hmm. now, now 
it let our powers combine uh to to talk about how uh how unfortunate this scenario is for Sergio Perez. Uh, and the the company that is over visiting us is like right now just being like, uh, if you don't mind, I'm just going to use your bathroom right here. And we're like, no, 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 that's not. No, no, that. no. And then <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it all it all the trash corner and the conspiracy closet, uh, you know, yeah. spill out. together. It's like a fire hose, though. It's like not even like it like spills out. It's like it like. Yeah absolutely slams them into the wall uh, across the room with all the mm-hmm. uh all the the conspiracy nonsense and trash that is accumulated there. Yeah, it's it's not looking good for Sergio and I was watching uh Maddie and Tommy's uh podcast uh the the P1 podcast and they were referencing the fact that there's it's completely wild that we're talking about Sergio Perez being at like maybe even the end of his entire career as he sits P2 in the driver's championship. Like he's yeah. not that da- like, it's not like he's even third or fourth or fifth. He is second place in the driver's championship in a car that is also winning the constructor's championship already. So it's just, ah, mm-hmm. uh, God, it's going to be so weird to look back on this time especially just looking at like the numbers uh, and by that, I mean the points, not the individual race numbers. Cause as soon as you look at the race numbers uh, and like the standings and results will be like, Oh yeah, I can see why we were talking about Sergio in this demeanor. Uh, but just poor guy. Um, he is rumored. There was like a rumor that surfaced uh, via Reddit that like, he was maybe going to retire at the Mexican Grand Prix. Like there was like this like thing where his like the rumor got so bad that they quite literally did like a Zoom press conference with Sergio Perez, like being like him, like being interviewed by Sky Sports and like directly talking about, so are you going to retire? Like, and it's like, dude, what? What are we talking about? Why, why are we talk? Why are we talking about him not coming uh, back next year? And why are we talking about him retiring at his home Grand Prix when there will be what three races left after that? Like it's just such a like, guys. So what are we? What was doing? the rumor that he was going to re- like full on retire, or was like he going to announce on. his? It, it wasn't that he was going to announce his retirement, like not his like yeah. this will be my last season, but like that he was going to be like, uh, after tomorrow you'll never see me again. Yeah, like on some yeah, just some some weird like uh, Nick Latifi esque behavior of just like uh, I chuck deuces and I'm never to be seen or heard from again until it's you know, until I deem it appropriate. So I, yeah. I, one that's, I don't think that that's going to happen. Cause that's just like that. Why would that ever happen? Why would, I can't even imagine someone who is like completely out of the driver's championship retiring before the end of the season, even in like a back marker car, that's not going to happen. So yeah. the fact that this person second place is being rumored to retire at his home grand prix, and like, I guess like Rubens Barrichello, I think, like came out and made a statement and was like, yeah, he does need to walk away from Red Bull because this 
whether he leaves Red Bull at the end of this year or Red Bull fire him at the end of this year or at the beginning of next year, he needs to get away from them because he just can't. There's no winning for him at Red Bull anymore. He he could have like he could win the first five races next year and they'd still be like, yeah, Sergio's still not sure if not sure if he's got what it takes. Uh, oh. so yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what have you heard about it? So, I mean, when I heard this, mm-hmm. my initial reaction was like, makes sense. Not the worst way to go out. Yeah. I imagine at the Mexican Grand Prix, mm-hmm. it makes it a little bit of an occasion. Mm-hmm. It makes sure. it an opportunity to sort of like, you know, celebrate and pay tribute mm-hmm. to this guy that's been done done dirty, but also, you know, has been pressured into having an impossible time keeping up his end of yeah. the deal and all of that. Oof. Yeah. But I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I think it's a smart move. I think it's what Sergio should do. I think he should, uh, I mean, leave on his own terms, you know, like it's, it is kind of bananas. It yeah. Feels extremely inevitable. Um, yes. that he'll, get canned. Um, It seems inevitable that he will lose second place in the driver's standings to Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. And then that will also just be a further sort of like, you know, grounds for termination from Mm -hmm. Christian Horner and and gang. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Like there are like rumors that, if he does that, like that will trigger his firing. If Lewis overtakes him in, in the driver's championship uh, before the end of the season, like that is like supposedly yeah. there are several nails in his coffin already. And this may be like the final nail in the coffin would be if he were to lose P2 in a, a far superior and dominant car. Um and yeah. for some reason, I mean, if it was any other weekend, it would be like a, you can't fire me. I quit. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But for some reason doing it at his home Grand Prix, I don't know. It seems it, it actually like adds a little some- bit of like reverence to it. And, uh, you know, again, I think it's not the, not the worst idea. It does. He also apparently at some point during this season, he, and this is like an unconfirmed rumor. Uh, and I think it might've been either right before or right after the Japanese Grand Prix. Apparently he was like, Hey, can we go back to the RB 19? Uh, like the pre Barcelona spec before we did like all the upgrades when I was actually winning in the car and like performing well, can we, can I drive that car while Max drives the updated car? And it's just like, dude, that can't. Of course not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just the most like, ah, uh, like laughed out of the room kind of thing uh, for so many reasons. 
Um, but like most specifically because it's like, why would Red Bull ever in the cost cap era bring extra parts yeah. on a car like on on a car mm. that would only be for Sergio, who is like the I mean, there are only two members of this team, uh, uh, this driver team, but like he is not even like the least important. He's like borderline, like replaceable. Like they've like, like he like walked into the office, put his coat on, you know, put his coat on the hanger and then like went and like got like his like cup of coffee and, uh, and like turned on the coffee machine and then looked in the cabinet and was like, huh. Where's my coffee mug? Oh, that's weird. All right. Well, I guess I'll just, maybe I left it on my desk or something like that. And he like walks over to his desk. Uh, and there's like just a cardboard box sitting on his desk chair with his coffee mug in it. And he's like, huh, I don't, why would, why would I leave a cardboard box at my desk? It like perfectly fits all my stuff. Huh? Weird. Sergio, you're you're gone, dude. You're you're pretty much gone already. Um, I don't know. I I don't have a lot of faith in. I don't have a lot of faith in him making it, even out of, like the break, out of the winter break. Uh, let alone of like making it into next season. But are you? What? Yeah, what you I don't. I don't think. I don't. I. I, I yeah. think this is his last season in F. Yeah. My guess. My guess is it's going to be. Well, I don't know. I was thinking announcing a retirement, announcing end of the season at Mexico would be cool. But if you get to be like, no, no, I'm I'm retiring immediately, which yeah, to me would mean that maybe he would even announce it this weekend. I don't know. But here's here's the other thing too, John, to back up your side of this argument of like, yeah, go for it. I think it's like the right thing to do. It would also be like kind of a uh, um like kind of a weird like all right, Danny Rick, it's your problem now because that would mean Daniel Ricardo would come back for his first race after getting an injury after only racing one full weekend and he would been a he'd be in a car that is completely overdeveloped and even though you know Danny was putting in like good laps uh, at his test i mean that would really be a great way of being like it's a gamble because not even a gamble for Sergio cuz Sergio if he retires he retires who cares how well Danny mm-hmm. Ricardo does in that car or how horribly he does in that car it doesn't matter but it would be like that kind of like, oh yeah, um, a perfect time to quit and a perfect scenario to quit to then just throw someone into the most difficult scenario that they could possibly be in. Uh, not that I want Danny Rick to experience that at all. I don't. Uh, but so it's and and we're, I think we're all universally agreed. It's Danny Rick goes to Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liam That's... and Yuki hold down Alphatari. Mm-hmm. Um just a few days ago, uh it was announced that Spa is going to has mm-hmm. a contract extension until 2025. Yeah. 
massive. Uh, the official, the official Red Bull Twitter account posted yeah. a photo with the caption, you know, racing at the Belgian, uh, you know, Grand Prix until 2025. Sounds good. And the photo is of Max, Max, and Danny Rick yeah. sitting in lawn chairs at the top of Eau Rouge, and yeah. like. I mean, that's that to me sounds like that's their way of being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys want to talk about Sergio? Yeah, well, let's not yeah. talk about Sergio. Let's talk about we're about to an- announce that Danny Rick is locked in on a contract till 2025. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was kind of an unspoken middle finger to Sergio Perez. Um, yeah, I mean, and Sergio, he just had his fourth child. Like, I could understand this. Red, the, Red the, Bull should just be chill. They should just be like, just let let the guy do his thing. Like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, you know, it's still gonna sort of like burn them a little bit or or whatnot. Like, it's yeah, uh, yeah, and we're probably going to. Oh, there was another thing that kind of popped up that uh i can't remember what his name is the the ceo of uh of red bull racing the guy who took over for Mattershits. um apparently he and christian horner are both like so are we gonna get helmet marco out of here now like uh, do we have enough ammunition to get him out of red bull racing um which i think would be good genuinely um uh the the sooner that that man leaves f1 the better uh Mm -hmm. and then also in it would be kind of a a beautiful moment not that they owe it to sergio at all uh but it would be like a beautiful moment to be like oh sergio retired well guess who also isn't coming back next year like guess who also isn't in charge of who our drivers are uh and that's like part of this whole like Helmet Marco Sergio Perez thing. Um, Helmet Marco is in charge of the young drivers program at Red Bull. Now, say what you want about him and how they burn through drivers between Alpha Tauri and like the, the feeder series and all that stuff. He's definitely, he's one of the people who landed Max Verstappen. So. Mm-hmm. And he let, you know, and he made sure to, uh, to bring Danny Rick in and he made sure to bring, uh, Sebastian Vettel in. So like, he's got a lot and he's, uh, you know, he's one of the people who's helped to facilitate Yuki Sonoda's career. Like he's a person who has definitely made a huge difference. And if you look at Red Bull's hiring practices for drivers, they only hire from within except for Sergio Perez. Sergio Perez is the only person who did not come up through the Red Bull drivers program. So like, I, I, I'm not trying to give any sort of weight to helmet Marcos. Like we, we need this guy gone, uh, because he's doing it in a bunch of weird, like full on racist ways. Uh, but there's a reason why there's a, there's a good solid reason why. Yeah. It's clearly a, I never wanted him here in the first place. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's even uh, the thing gross. too. 
yeah, he's that that's part of the conversation that he and Christian had was like, you know, like Christian a few months ago was like, yeah, it looks like Helmet was right about Sergio. <laughs> it's like, hey, Christian, don't say that about one of your drivers. Like, come on, dude. Um, so yeah, we may we may see Helmet Marco disappearing from the Red Bull program next year, as well as Sergio Perez, uh, which I would be. Not that we need. It's not, not that like the loss of Helmet Marco demanded the cost of losing Sergio Perez. But if Sergio doesn't come back next year and also Helmet doesn't come back next year, I will be like, okay, Red Bull, you just got like, you went up a notch for me. You went up a notch. Mm-hmm. Um, I doubt that that's going to happen, but you know, who knows? It's, it's, it's nice to hope for the best, but to expect Red Bull to do, the worst because they always do the worst the way it goes yeah yeah um anything else from that like that's kind of the only thing we have for like silly season two johnny like we don't really have anything else yep i mean i think you know as we spoke about last week logan Sargent's diplomatic mm-hmm. immunity is hanging on by a thread but mm-hmm. no yeah. new no new developments there yeah um, um, let's, let's keep rolling. Yeah. Let's keep, as I watch my, my laptop battery draining before my eyes. What, what's, what's our, like, what's the status update? Where are we at? Oh, it's good. I'll be fine. I get 6%. <laughs> oh God. All right. Uh, so let's, uh, keep it moving here. Um, we've got Andretti Motorsports up next. Uh, what's, what have you heard about Andretti, uh, this week, John? So uh, I didn't catch too much. You know, we they've made it past that first hurdle. They're preparing mm-hmm. for more battle. It does sound like, you know, the involvement with Cadillac is more promising. Uh, but yeah. you're telling me about another snag in their system. Yeah. So they had a deal with Renault engines. This was kind of the idea uh, was Renault slash Alpine were going to be the engine supplier for them. But their deal, their kind of like tentative placeholder deal with an engine manufacturer that elapsed, uh, I believe, at the end of September or the beginning of August. One of those two. Um but basically before the deal was signed with the FIA and Andretti. So now Renault, who is again, another person who doesn't want to see their profits get divided, uh, have been like, no, you missed the cutoff. Sorry, you can't use our engines. There's nothing we can do here. Um, Mm -hmm. Which sucks. It sucks because it's another hurdle for Andretti, but who has had the most reliability issues this year? Alpine. So they may have dodged a bullet here. Truly. Like they really may have dodged a bullet. Uh, Who would you suspect will provide them with an engine next year, John? Not next year. Oh. I don't know. Is there any world where Honda kicks them something? Maybe, especially since they're talking about becoming the supplier for Aston Martin. So there's there's a really good chance there. Um, 
if there is if already it, some like formal connections between uh Honda and GM through some like platform sharing on streetcars and whatnot. So it's not mm-hmm. like the most unthinkable arrangement. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if, you know, Red Bull powertrains is, is dipping, um, uh, and not going to be associated with Honda motorsports anymore. Um, mm-hmm. so there's that. I mean, that also could be a huge deal for Yuki Sonoda. Um, that could kind of like guarantee him a seat at, Andretti Motorsport if Honda went over to partner with them. Uh, that would be massive. That's kind of one of the reasons why he's with AlphaTauri is because of the Red Bull uh, AlphaTauri Honda partnership, uh, which secured Yuki in that second seat. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the, I think that there could be a Honda thing. Honda doesn't want to leave the sport. Um, I know for sure that Ferrari would probably look for another customer team, uh, would probably be interested in that. Uh, I don't know if Mercedes would. Now that seems for some reason that seems violently dangerous. (laughs) Un-American. Like, I I don't know why it is. It just seems like Ferrari and GM. Yeah. Like never, uh, on the GM side, on the Ferrari side, like there's just something where I feel like that's untenable. But it's like, and but it's I the enemy of the enemy why. is my friend. It's the enemy of the enemy is my friend, right? Uh, so if like yeah. Ford and Red yeah. Bull partner up with each other, Ferrari would absolutely be like, "Hey, we have a standing rivalry with." Ford and GM would also be like, yeah, there are like biggest competitor heard domestically. So maybe it is, maybe it is something that would like sweeten the pot for Ferrari and GM. If Ford does take like a larger role in, uh, in engine manufacturing with Red Bull powertrains, maybe, maybe that is what happens. Um, I can't see Mercedes throwing another customer to, they already have Aston Martin. They already have McLaren and, They've got yeah. McLaren burning them right now with uh, with their whole uh, customer team outperforming the manufacturer thing. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of all that I can think of as far as like who would potentially be right, and then also Mercedes has Williams. I mean I, that's just feels like that's just a given. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they'd be willing to take on another team like this. Um, I also saw like a brief thing about Andretti. The fact that he refused to move to Europe when he was signed, uh, when Michael Andretti was signed to uh, to McLaren, he refused to move uh, when he was signed as like Ayrton Senna's teammate. Uh, he was like, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay in the U S and he's like, I was on the phone and talking to them and the people at, at base all the time. And I, because of the Concord, I could get there quicker and just as quick as Ayrton. It's like, dude, but also you're not Ayrton Senna and you're also not your dad. You're not Mario Andretti. You're Michael Andretti. So yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's looking a little bit precarious, Speaking of precarious, what's that battery life looking like, Johnny? Oh, we're doing good. <laughs> doing good. Four percent. Four percent. All right. 
right. All right. Cool. Hold so it in. It's it's slowed it's slowed a little bit. Um so anything else from Andretti, Johnny, that you uh that you wanted to chat before we, we move on? No, let's let's keep it rolling. Yeah. Uh, so last little bit here is the uh, potential rule changes for development going forward. This is something that's been floated uh, out as uh, a potential way of like slowing down Red Bull in their era of dominance. Um, mm-hmm. So this is something that Lewis brought up a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. what, are, what are your thoughts on on this? Have you heard anything about it? I haven't heard much about it. But again, I mean, this like I I do get I can sympathize with the naysayers who mm-hmm. have the right to call out like, well, we weren't complaining about this during the Mercedes era. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there was one person who was complaining about it, and it was Lewis Hamilton. Like, fully, like gave a, a like an an interview yeah. in Sky Sports, being like, "Hey." We're destroying, and I'll tell you why. It's because, like, we can already look forward two years. Um, this is also yeah. what Red Bull did in 2014. Tw- no, in 2013. Um, is they didn't develop their car at all from 2012 to 2013. They were like, oh, let's just, we'll keep the car locked in, and then we'll start working on the 2014 car, which, like, that was the last year Seb won, uh, won a title. So there's a reason why. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that is kind of what happened because uh, Red Bull fully took their eye off the the prize um, yeah. uh, at that point. And Mercedes was doing the exact opposite of them. They were like, OK, so we've made the we've made the regulations. We know what we need to develop to in like three, four, five, six years uh, down the road. Um, so, yeah, there's a chance that they'll that that'll get shut down, which would be great. Uh, right. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm silently gesticulating Uh, over here (laughs) on, uh, on my side. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what else can, I don't know how else F1 can stop Red Bull's era of dominance other than coming up with some rule where it's like, Hey, if you're winning everything this year, you don't get to just go like, all right, well, this is all stitched up. Let's focus on next year's championship. I mean, I won't I won't reinvigorate our prophecy of the Verstappos uh virtual reality prison yeah. uh that that we put Max inside of, but yeah. Something's something's going to happen. Something's, you know. There's no. just there's too many people catching serious damage from uh from the yeah. verstappen dominance and not you know not his competitors but you know people yeah. who have money uh that that's in play here like i just like i don't know i i guess i'm just that cynical these days but i don't see any way that that just continues to to happen me neither yeah i mean like we've we've mentioned they don't they don't put the camera on red bull so like yeah. Uh, you know, Bybit and Oracle and uh, all these other sponsors that uh, Telcel and all these other sponsors that uh, 
that they normally would be like, oh, wow, yeah, it's the lead car. This is we're getting all we're getting all the the eyeballs. It's like, no, no, because it's not entertaining. So that's why you're not getting the eyeballs. Um, oh, they do. Apparently. One more thing about to just to go back to the silly season and like the driver pairings and stuff at Red Bull. Uh, I can see a world where Lando Norris leaves McLaren and goes to Red Bull. Mm. I could, I could, that's the only other person I could potentially see in that primary seat. Um, sure. Other, other than Danny Rick. Uh, I don't think that we're going to see Yuki in it. They, they're never going to throw Liam Lawson straight into that car. Um, but I could see them doing everything they could, just throwing unbelievable amounts of money at Norris and at McLaren to buy out that deal. Um, but one of the reasons why that might not happen is because Verstappen last week came out and was like, oh, yeah, the strongest driver pairing on the grid is Piastri and Norris. And it's like, well, if, you know, and like the numbers support that, too. Yeah. I don't. I, and if you're Lando Norris, would you rather be second fiddle to Oscar Piastri, who you could potentially like just like step your game up and be like, OK, well, I've for whatever reason, the car has been developed like towards me more in the past. I can put my driver skills to the to the test and really show up. And, you know, um, what, what do you think there? Is that is that a possibility? I mean, the cruel truth of it is that the best pairing on the grid is like Max Verstappen and like a, a head of cabbage. Like it doesn't, yeah, it, doesn't it doesn't even matter. matter. Like that's yeah, that's yeah. where we're at. Um, and I I take that as his way of like making a covert diss against his own teammate. Otherwise, yeah. uh, practically, I do think that the McLaren they're probably the strongest or like the duo that seem the most like on par with each other, especially with their second half of the season resurgence. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely something to be said for Lando to Red Bull. Yeah. I think there's a lot of really complicated factors in there around like you know like still i i have to imagine that lando's aware of that being a brutal seat and that like yeah. it's it's a recipe for like cool uh we're old friends and almost instantly bitter 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 enemies yes yes uh i could see that too i definitely could see that um yeah i i don't know i i genuinely don't know i can't see lando norris going there without like max coaxing him into going there um but i I, and i think that's the i think that's the angle right like i think we can all imagine max kind of coercing him 
in pulling them into the mix and that being something that makes it hospitable and comfortable for him. But I don't know, like, I feel like he needs to like do like a test drive or something first just to see. Yeah. You know, cause if yeah. there's something about like, Oh, well, Oh, this max setup that the whole team is, you know, focused on is really weird to me or whatnot. Like, then you, you got to stay away from that. Yeah. 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 I don't know what. <sighs> yeah. That's, like I mean, in theory, they, they could probably, I mean, they could throw them in the simulator, right? Yeah, they could, they could like, that's I mean, a chill enough and covert enough thing that, that, I mean, like maybe that's already happened because no one would have any reason to know about that. They would be able to like, do that on the down low. Yeah. Yeah, they for sure could. Oh, speaking of uh doing stuff on the down low, there was a moment uh that was uh published uh I don't know who ended up publishing it, but it, I think it was it was some online F1 mag. Uh but it was about Lewis openly admitting to Toto that like he had dinner with John Elkin from Ferrari uh, like a couple mm. of times um, before he resigned uh, and just like messaged Toto and was like, Hey, just so you know, I went out to dinner with John Elkin, but like, there's nothing to it. It was just like a free dinner, um, which is like, huh? What an interesting, I don't know what that negotiation is. Other mm-hmm. than just Lewis being very invested in the sport itself. I, yeah, that, that didn't make much sense. Yeah. Um, mm. There's also, oh, uh, what, one thing about uh, back to Austin real quick. Uh, we have Haas showing up this week with a brand new car, apparently. A car that is ultimately like uh-huh. a... Uh, a car that has followed the design cues of Red Bull. So yep. apparently uh, Gunther Steiner was like, we hit the ceiling of development with this car and they've been doing fairly well in like on, you know, in qualifying and over like yeah. one, two, three lap pace, even in the sprints, they've been doing, you know, kind of okay. But once they get outside of that, like first pit stop window, the degradation on their tires is just destroying yeah. them and they haven't been able to fix it the way that Ferrari has. So now they're like, okay, we are going to go with Red Bull's like concept because it's much better on tires. And if they can get the same performance out of the engine and get better degradation levels from the tires, then they could start to fight for some more of those back marker to like midfield points at the end of the season. Uh, as everyone mm. kind of transitions into what are we going to do next year? Um, I think Mercedes is also maybe bringing an upgrade to, I think they're bringing a front wing upgrade or maybe a floor upgrade to, uh, to Austin. Um, and that is in anticipation of like, Hey, are we in the right, are we taking the right development directions uh, yeah. uh, for next year? So They'll probably run it in free practice. They may run it in the sprint, um, but they'll probably run their old floor in the Grand Prix, I'm guessing, because they still have all like the upper aerodynamics, like all the 
outer facing aerodynamics are still from the old yeah. package. And if they've got a new floor package, then it's just like, it's not the same. Um, so, but over one lap performance, they should get a pretty good idea of like what, what direction they're going in. Uh, and same with Haas where they're like, Hey, we're kind of like showing everyone, all of our cards that we're going in the direction of Red Bull next year. Uh, and if it doesn't work for us, we basically have destroyed our next couple of years, <laughs> which I was like, well, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, way, way to be open and honest, Gunther, but also, yeesh. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, Johnny, I don't really have, this has been a relatively chill week. I was also not involved in F1 cause I was out in, uh, out in Palm Springs at a wedding. So. I missed missed any of the weekend news. Um, anything else pop up out there? Nothing else on my radar. I'm just looking forward to seeing some cars on track this weekend. Seeing it yeah. at like an extremely human like midday hour. Yes, for myself, uh, mid afternoon timing yep. on the East Coast will be lovely. Have a mm-hmm. little, have a little lunch or something. I don't know. It's uh, it'll yeah. be nice. And like, instead of falling asleep uh, in the middle of the morning, you'll be able to fall asleep. Yes, I'll be falling asleep mid afternoon, <laughs> like a real American. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like a normal American. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, that that was pretty much that's where I'm at too, Johnny. I can't wait to watch cars on track, especially at Coda. It's a great track. Uh, the fandom there is amazing. All the pomp and circumstance has been really, really impressive over the past few years. And like you had mentioned, we're going to get a little preview of yep. the the pomp and circumstance leading up to the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Um, and hey, who knows? Maybe we'll get a Sergio Perez uh, 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 incredible performance. Who knows? I want... I just want a Sergio Perez, Felipe Massa style, you know, ceremonious walk through the pit lane yeah. to end his uh, his Formula One career effectively. And so, yeah. all right, so here we go. We got Austin. Immediately after Austin, we have Mexico. Mm-hmm. Immediately after Mexico, we have Brazil. Mm-hmm. And then it's two weeks to Vegas and then straight to Abu Dhabi. So the season's going to, going to collapse yeah. inwards on itself uh, pretty, pretty quickly from here on out five races to go. Let's, yeah. Uh, let's tie this one up and start I, looking ahead to a beautiful 2024. Yes. I genuinely love that. The, the uh, four out of the five races are going to be on our terms. Like it will be on yeah. this this hemisphere's terms. Yeah, the Brazil yep. race will be a little bit earlier just because of the time difference, but like it's not going to well, be some- I mean, over here on the East Coast, Las Vegas is uh, the, the Vegas race uh, is yeah, at three in the morning. Not, yeah, it's not reasonable. Yeah. And it's, that's gonna it's be, like that's gonna 12 be a little a.m. It's 12 a.m. Yeah. for West Coast time. Like it's like- yeah. It's not good for anybody except for the folks in like Australia and Singapore and Japan, like the and, yeah. and in China. Those are the only people who are going to be able to enjoy this on um, like a normally compromised decision yeah. uh, going into uh, going into that. 
Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I do think that the stock basically plateaued this week. I think that there was, uh, especially because of like kind of the fallout from Helmet Marco statements and like Sergio mm-hmm. kind of like having to do his dance of, no, I'm not retiring. I think that it kept up some attention, but I don't think that it really went up. I mean, I... I keep seeing yeah, more think, and more. I think we're static. I think we're static. We'll get a we'll get a little get a little Austin bump. Grand Prix bump. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that we will see a nice little bump uh this weekend, especially with the triumphant return of Daniel Ricardo. The last yes. time Danny Rick was at Austin driving, he literally rode a horse through the paddock. So he rode is- a horse through the paddock. And yeah. he drove Dale Earnhardt's old stock car. Yes, he track. did. So yes, uh, he did. Yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see what sort of yeah Danny Rick centric shenanigans we have uh, waiting for us uh, as we get deeper into United yeah. States Grand Prix. Love it. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right, Johnny. Where can the folks find you out in the world? Uh, you can catch me via my home base, johnnymotion.com, unless you were here in uh, Dallas, mm-hmm. Texas, catching me at the Toyota 2023 Swarm Hackathon, yes. uh, where I got to meet some some wonderful, like-minded individuals uh, all in the mix at Toyota's uh, beautiful uh, North American headquarters. This is actually a lovely yeah. Lovely facility, a little campus yeah. that they've got over here. Pretty, pretty wild stuff. I've heard really good things, and now it's nice to hear good things from like a firsthand account uh, of it. Um, you can find me out in the world um, on my website, uh, CoreyPWillis.com, or you can track me down on social media, Burn Corey Burn, or the F1 Files on Twitter, TikTok, and the F1 Files pod on Instagram. Uh, also, oh boy, I got more shows. Uh, I have one show that I can promote, which is uh, a show at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater again. Uh, it is happening this Sunday at 1030 uh, at the UCB Theater. We nice. are doing a wonderful show with my team called Beep Beep. Uh, it is a road trip form that we do so uh mostly vehicles and transportation driven yeah uh uh uh, scenes which oh john you know i'm very much in my wheelhouse uh when it comes to that style of improv um and i I do i can only i can only imagine i mean i know (laughs) that it this means that the the seats on the stage are arranged in like a, you know, two and two and uh-huh. two, you know, formation yep. and whatnot. But I can only imagine just the like physicality of the old, like putting your hand on the headrest next to you and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh, uh, yeah. windows up and down and shuffling around the visor and, and whatnot. Uh, you know, these, yeah. these things, I, as I'm saying them, they sound boring to me. Yeah. But I know, oh. I know the magic that is contained within your reflexes <laughs> yeah, when it comes yeah, yeah. to, uh, 
to these yeah, sort was... of uh, these sort of circumstances. Uh, yeah. And along those lines, a quick shout out, literally in the lobby of the Toyota North American headquarters, they have a 1986 Toyota Camry. Like they had, they had a row of like, uh, I don't know, like eight or 10 beautiful, beautiful mint condition, vintage Toyotas of all kinds from like, uh, real old school land cruisers to, uh, the million dollar 2000 GT, which was like a James Bond car. Very, very sort of like super, super limited, super rare thing. But then I didn't care about any of them because they had, I'm just showing, showing you the picture here. Uh, God, that sweet 1986 Camry. Uh, It's it's not the same color as mine, but it's close. The interior was almost identical. Uh, uh, and I like, did I you, got all did like you, misty-eyed just looking at it. Did you get in there and like gently lay your fist on top of uh Yeah, of the, 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 the radio. <laughs> the console, yeah. Because, yeah. yep, uh, <laughs> you, you know, because as all uh, of our listeners know, in yes. my first car, my 1986 Toyota Camry, when the... Yep. Uh, that that weird loose signal would make all four speakers in the car make this high pitched squealing noise. No matter what your volume knob was yeah, set at, it would it be, was bad. Make this ridiculously loud noise, and you just had to pound the top of the dashboard with your fist, like Fonzie style, and it would yeah. immediately make that pain stop. And it actually mm-hmm. was like a beautiful, it's a beautiful interaction to have on a regular basis, and it like is somehow endeared the car to yeah. me. Um, very much, much more so. intensely than if it was just properly functioning. Yeah, but it's just like a fine car. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, I'm, I miss I miss that I miss that car all the time. Um, all right, well, folks, you've just listened to uh, us wax nostalgic about a 1986 brown Toyota Camry. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I missed that car uh, so much. The, the, um, official, uh, the official Toyota name for the color was just Kaka. That yeah, was yeah. incredible, incredible. Uh, all right, folks. Well, you can catch up with us the next time, just like we will catch up with you the next time on these most precious of F one files. <laughs>